watch and this is another home edition show uh, as per normal we have uh, some wonderful guests with us we've got Gurpreet who's the president of the Gurdwara over in Shepherd's Bush and also we are very honoured to have the president of the uh, Sikh uh, Doctors Association hope I've got that right uh, in the UK and that is uh, Dr Kogan lovely to meet you all Vaigur Ji Kalsa let me first of all ask uh, Dr. Gurnick again, uh, can I ask you, um, you're the president, uh, this association is quite famous in, your, in the UK, you do a lot of things for uh, the, uh, the doctors around the UK and it has been challenging times, we've done some recent programs where we've actually had, actually last time around we had a doctor who was telling us about all the uh, uh, issues and uh, criticality around not only well-being but also um, why it's really affecting it seems to be affecting i think it was 66 percent uh, of those from ethnic minorities seem to be more likely to be able to uh, get covid unfortunately uh, coronavirus but i wanted to kind of talk to you really and i know you were going to come on last week but let's talk about your society when did it first start um what help does it give and the reason i got gurpreet here is because you've also helped the gurdwara and shepherd's bush as well and you're continuing to help as we hope that the gurdwaras will open in a short period of time. So Dr. Kogan, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to the show. Um, so the British Sikh Doctors Organization started in 2010 and it started because I, uh, while working as a junior doctor, newly qualified uh, doctor, I qualified in 2009, I uh, noticed during my time as a junior doctor that there were a number of people from different ethnic minority groups who had a poor understanding of their health. And a lot of it was due to language barriers uh, and cultural barriers. And I felt like there was a need for an organizational group to try and work with people from those groups in order for them to understand their health and to arm them with the knowledge they needed to benefit from the excellent NHS that we have in this country. Um, so I started British Doctors Organization uh, near the end of my first year as a doctor. Um, and it was only me and a friend, and it spiraled into a big organization with um, hundreds of members and many thousands of very dedicated um, Sangha uh, members who follow us and support us when we do our screening programs throughout the country. Um, the idea of the organization was, number one, to uh, go from community centers uh, to religious centers, regardless of what religion or background people are from, to meet with people, to speak to them, see what they understood about the health conditions. We realized very quickly that, especially in some communities, without doing some kind of hands-on screening, people were not understanding our message, were not understanding what we were trying to tell them about their health. So we started doing screening programs, um, taking blood pressures, checking people's weights, um, and blood sugars, and so on. And by doing screening, we were able to use it as a tool for education, um, and it works very, very well. And we have been screening for the last almost 10 years now, it's our 10-year anniversary in October this year. Um, and that was one side of things. And then we very quickly went into the education and mentoring side of things, and we've been educating and mentoring a lot of medical students, dental students, ophthalmology, optometry students, pharmacists, and so on, for the last 10 years, and mentoring um, young A-level, level, GCSE-level students who would like to get into higher health education. Um, it's fantastic. 
the British Seedless organization takes no money for it. We just need professionals. We absolutely love it. We enjoy it. Um, and we have dedicated people from all backgrounds working with us. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. And it's what keeps us going, the, the, the beauty of serving the Sangat and helping our fellow man, regardless of background. You, do you find that um, it's kind of a two-way street? Because um, I've designed a few mentoring systems in the past where they talk about a mentor and a mentee. And then they do say uh, in management speak that the mentor gets something out. It's not hierarchical. It's more peer-to-peer. So people are able to understand what's actually happening out there or what's happening in their communities. And then you can come back as a mentor and actually change the way in which education programs work or outreach programs work. And we're going to talk about a specific case uh, with Grapri, um about what you did in terms of understanding the requirements for uh, from a Gurdwara perspective. You know, they, they needed a piece of equipment and you were uh, quite advisory in that sense. But do you think the, the mentor-mentee relationship actually really does work in your organization? Yeah, I mean, it's phenomenal. I mean, we, we're always learning. One thing about healthcare is um, every, it's estimated every five years that healthcare knowledge changes massively, you know. Um, we, as well as supporting people, we learn a lot from them. Um, a lot of our doctors and dentists have said to me many times that actually doing serving the Sangha, doing the mentoring programs, doing the screening programs, they've learned a lot about how different people perceive health and understand health, understand health education. Um, absolutely, I mean, it's, it's always a two-way street. You always learn and gain knowledge from the people you mentor, as well as them gaining something new. And that's what makes it such a, I guess, such a beautiful relationship and such an important relationship to have. Um, and, you know, it's the best thing about it is in 10 years that I've done it, I've gone from being a junior doctor to a consultant now. Um, and in that time, there's a lot of a lot of the people we mentored have now entered, uh, been through higher health education and now are doctors or dentists or pharmacists. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's amazing to bump into them in the hospitals or meetings, conferences, even around the world. And uh, actually, it, it's quite emotional. It's, it's lovely to see that... Uh, they learn from you, and actually, they, often they're presenting things at these meetings at conferences, and you're learning from them. It's, it's phenomenal. It's fantastic. Brilliant. Let's let's talk about that um, that outreach program that you did. I'll bring Gupri and Gupri. Um, good to see you, Vaikyo um, Kasa. Vaikyo for there. so wonderful. And I was it, I was talking to you earlier about this, and uh, it's interesting that the Gudwara had a particular requirement uh, for. Um, some assistance. I'm not going to steal the thunder about what you guys did. Uh, but effectively, you were in contact with uh, Dr. Guggen and you did uh, consult both together on the best way forward with a, a defibrillator. Is that right? That's right. So we felt we needed a defibrillator um, in the event that someone was having a heart attack or some condition where they would have needed uh, to. Um, uh, to have, uh, you know, use of a defibrillator to save their life. Um, so it was uh, great work with Gogan Singh because he was able to uh, specify what the right one was, uh, figure out where would be the best place to mount it, and, uh, you know, also get 
getting around uh, to having people trained up on it. But uh, we were very lucky as a British Sikh doctors uh, organization actually donated that equipment to the Gurdwara Saab. So we're very, uh, very fortunate and very honored that uh, British Sikh doctors organization did that seva for the Gurdwara Saab. And, and what's interesting is that moving forward, um, sadly, because of the, the environment that we're in right now, and we hope that things will get better as we move forward, uh, over time and eventually there will be um, a, um, a vaccine but for the moment as uh, the world is is kind of uh, loosening up the lockdown um, there are obviously still dangers um, I mean I, I've got a particular question that I'm going to ask both of you about I mean you're both very learned in terms of statistics as well as you know from your law background Capri uh, and uh, Dr Kogan in terms of statistics because it seems to be led on statistics a lot of the government policy seems to be going down that direction. You as a, a doctor are advising the Gurdwara in terms of, you know, when it does open up again, how we can have safety amongst the Sangat, uh, where they sit in the Dabar hall, when they go down to have longer, the actual, um, it is limitations because not everyone can come. It's going to be difficult. Um, but my question really is around, should we, is statistics the only thing that tell us where we're going forward? I mean, we're relying on that. There must be purely other areas that we can use to gauge uh, how much we lock down. Because this big argument is that you can uh, break this lockdown if there was more testing in place. Um, but it's also about analysis as well, isn't it? Because it affects people in so many different ways. Yeah, so, um, I mean, the, the most important thing to understand about COVID is that there's still a lot of people out there that think it's just like the flu. It's not like the flu. Um, I've been working the front line now for eight weeks. Uh, my life has completely, completely changed. Um, and I've been seeing it firsthand. And I always say to people that only people working the front line really are seeing uh, the medical, the health uh, kind of uh, implications of COVID. Um, one day patients are well and the next day they're, they're, they're nearly dying or have passed away. And the intensity of work that we've been doing for the past eight weeks has been massively increased. And we're already a very busy and stretched service. Um, when it comes to the Gurdwara, a little bit of history is that um, the Gurdwara is very, all Gurdwaras are obviously very important to all of us, but specifically Kasha Zutta is somewhere where I grew up. Um, I grew up around people like Gurpreet Singh and other people, members of Sangit. Um, and one of our first events as a British Trust organization was Kasha Zutta. And one thing that stands out about that event was, and Gurpreet may not remember this, but there was a person there that day that had a heart attack. And that same day, we met somebody who ended up actually being in an abnormal rhythm. Their heart was in an abnormal rhythm. And if we had had the defibrillator there at the time, uh, and the ambulance had not arrived in time, it did for both patients, uh, for both people, I should say, um, those people could have passed away. And, you know, thanks to the fantastic team that day and, and being in God's house, they both uh, survived. Um, so we were very passionate about getting defibrillated to every Gurdwara. And Kasi Jatha was in the first places because he, the now committee, uh, the same members of the committee that are now there, uh, were very forward with me and said to me, look, again, we need to do something. We need to think about getting defibrillator. They knew that we were running a project uh, called Serva in Medicine, the memory of one of our uh, senior trustees and optometrists that sadly had passed away a year ago. Uh, before before um, we got the defibrillator. And we wanted to do something in her memory. 
Um, and we've got a fully automatic defibrillator for the Gudwara. So it doesn't require training. And in fact, it's, the machine basically tells you what to do if someone collapses. It will tell you when it needs to fire. And um, and we thought it was the best thing for the Gudwara. It's an expensive piece of kit, kit sorry. But I must say the Gudwara were very good at accommodating it and finding the right place to keep it with me and the rest of the team. And it's in safe hands. And we promised that if and when it's ever used, we will help to replenish the pads and the batteries when, when it's required. Um, when it comes to COVID, I agree with you. Yeah, we're, there's a high risk now that the Dwaras are going to have patients, people that come in and that, that could be very unwell without knowing they're unwell. And we now know that people with COVID can present from, uh, with anything. You know, we're not seeing people just present with a cough and a cold and a high temperature and loss of taste and smell, which was added to the list of the government signs. Uh, that isn't that right? Sadly, only recently added. It was overlooked. Other countries have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it was only, it was only confirmed today, actually. So, um, and actually, I think we, as, as physicians, as doctors, we know many people who had that sign and then were, were then diagnosed with COVID. But in older people, and a lot of us, Sangat is older, and these are over 65-year-olds, we're seeing them present with other signs. We're seeing them present with collapses, with falls, with nausea, with vomiting, with diarrhea. Um, there is no clear set of uh, symptoms, signs of symptoms for older patients. Um, and we're seeing that in the hospital every day and um, it makes things very difficult for Gurdwaras because they will only know what to follow as per government guidance, which is very, very important. So having a defibrillator available is important at, at this time for that you know, for that reason, because some people just won't know they, can't, they have COVID because they will think they're, that they're, they will either have no symptoms and they may have their first symptoms. That may well be a collapse and a cardiac arrest. Um, in terms of stats, uh, before we get to the BAME issue, which I know we're going to talk about a bit more, um, the most important thing for the Sangha to understand at the moment, and the Gudwara to understand, I know again, is we're, we're involved in, in, in discussions through WhatsApp and, and face-to-face, well, not face-to-face, but socially distanced discussions between us in the past, that we need to keep what's called the R number down in, in throughout the UK. So what that means is we need to make sure that we are not in a position that one person uh, can infect many people. So we need to make sure that the Gurdwara uh, runs its divans in a way that people are socially distanced, not mingling too much, shorten the divan so people are not being social after the dust, staying back and having a chat, meeting up. Uh, Unfortunately, traditional jar and milk that we used to enjoy after uh, Das will have to, you know, have to stop temporarily. So all these things need to be reviewed. And the Gudara side really took fantastic steps. And as soon as I spoke to Gudfried and the team about stopping the vans going virtual, these guys were amazing. They 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 bought new equipment to make sure that can see the vans. They turned their lungs into community hubs and provided NHS staff and vulnerable people with food and 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 drink. Um, so they have taken the steps, and I'm confident that when Gudfried and I get a chance to talk after. After this, with the new government guidelines that have come out, we will be able to work out a good route to reopen the Gurdwara as a team. But the most important thing will be is knowing how much space we have in the Divan Hall, knowing how we're going to keep people away, two meters away from each other. It may mean that we have to put signs down uh, around, even on the on the actual Jadra that people sit on, we may need to think about that. Um, and also thinking about how we're going to give a Jumatate, because actually that's dangerous in itself, and how we're going to maintain hygiene uh, around uh, Maharaj, which is massively important. Um, so these are all things I to actually, consider. 
I never thought about that actually about when you do matatik as well. You know, I, it's, it's a new one on me. I mean, just before you came on, we were talk, we were talking. Gurpreet and I were talking about simulation, right? Um, and I think you have Gurpreet. If I could hand over to you for a second, um, you have consulted with Dr. Kogan uh, and others, and you worked out a method. You've tried to simulate it. There's obviously a level of confidence. One of the things that we spoke about is we can't control kids. You know, <laughs> you know what they're like. They're running around. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, so it's going to be, be hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's not going to be easy. You've got to be very controlled. You've got to do your risk assessments and consider these issues. So we've already measured up at the Van Hall. We know how many people we can fit in, keeping them two meters apart. Again, around Matatek, making sure we got, um, uh, we've got a plastic matting there, but with, a, uh, with uh, antibacterial wipes. So after someone has Matatek, they can take a wipe, wipe that area, and uh, they can then go dispose of that wipe and wash their hands again. So it's, again, keeping that sutcham, keeping everyone, keeping themselves clean, letting them know that if they're going to do a parkarma of the Maharaj, don't touch the palki. You know, just keep your hands to yourselves. Uh, make sure people are wearing face masks. Uh, make sure that uh, I'm not... 100% fan of gloves because I would prefer people wash their hands more often than, and sometimes gloves gives a sense of, uh, uh, you know, false uh, safety and people won't be washing their hands. They've touched something and then straight to their eyes and that's it. You know, that's all it takes. The gloves can do that too. So uh, we want people to keep themselves, uh, you know, their hands clean. So we we have a number of washing stations in the Gurdwara anyway, and they're all equipped with anti-back soap and with paper towels, so you're not using normal towels and things. Uh, that we had anyway, but in addition to reinforce that, along with the markings on the floor, keeping a control of footfall as to who's walking where and which way in, which one way out, and keeping Sevadars there to control that and controlling the numbers that come in. We feel we can do it. To uh, further uh, arm ourselves, we're introducing a few anti-back spray stations where you can just put your hands underneath and it will, without touching, a spray will come out onto your hands and you can give them a wipe and, uh, you know, cleanse yourself of any bacteria. So um, we, we're putting measures in place. We, we will have to, you know, do lessons learned, see how did it go on the first day? Did we notice any risks? Was there anything that we were worried about? Because we've got to keep Sevadas safe, we've got to keep Sangat safe, and we've got to keep the, uh, you know, the Granthi safe. So there, there's a lot of responsibility here. But on top of that, we want to make sure if if and when we do open, uh, well, it's not if, uh, it's when we open, we do so in a safe manner and that we can keep everyone safe. And that's where we rely on uh, British Sikh Doctors Organization, liaising with them, getting that advice so we can do this in a safe manner. I think what's interesting um, is, um, and I know recently, I think it was yesterday, uh, you tweeted something, uh, Gurpreet, about, and it is related, uh, Dr. Gogan, because um, one of the things that the government's looking at at the moment is the places of worship, and um, we really need to have proper Sikh representation there. I think, uh, Dr. Gogan, some of the advice that you've given right now is actually also applicable to other places of worship. And it's another form of seva, if I could suggest that, would be, isn't it great that the thought that you have both put in 
to the Gurdwara, that would apply also to other places of worship as well. And whether or not they're doing it or not, or whether or not there should be some collaboration on that level, is really more of a question for you both. Uh, Rupri, uh, a question for you, just to end the show with, about where is the representation from Sikhs, from Sikh Gurdwaras? And Dr. Gogan, do you not think that there should be a common task force that's been set up connected to the medical industry uh, that is actually advising on best practice or different places of worship, because there are commonalities and there are also differences as well between different, uh, you know, churches and the way in which they uh, worship God. I mean, I'll, I'll ask you first, Dr. Gogan, and if you could pass on to Capri about the political side of things. So, uh, one, and Capri will talk more about this, but one thing we Capri can always agree about, and we know this, I know from social media recently where we we've been tweeting about these things, that there's so many groups, uh, so many people are doing. And usually doing the same thing, uh, you know, we're all singing from the same sheet, if I can, if I can say that. Uh, um, we all want to do the same thing. We all want to help people. I think it's very, very important that there is a task force which involves Sikh leaders uh, or recognised Sikh uh, leaders who represent Gurdwaras, because we're talking about Gurdwaras here, and people who run churches should be representing themselves and so on. So people who represent the places that they're running should be involved in the task force. But I also think it's important to have people who have an idea of how the government works, how these senior level government bodies work, should be involved in these in this. And there should be a doctor who is from a, a doctor from each faith background should be involved in the discussions because obviously they'll be able to support their their faith leaders in understanding the medical side of things. Good people, what, what do you think about that? And I know you've That's been talking good. about it a lot. Yeah, 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 no, Capri, yeah that, a few words, because uh, we've got to close in a couple of. That's sensible advice. So the issue we've run into is that the government did put a task force together and this, uh, all the faith groups except for Sikhs, the advisors are actual religious leaders, people involved in places of worship or connected to places of worship. But the Sikh representative was from um, a professional organization, a professional networking organization. And this has had Gurdwaras on over the weekend up in arms saying, well, hang on, we know what's involved in Gurdwaras. We know what's involved in conducting a non-garage, conducting uh, funerals, conducting other programs and divans. Therefore, we need to be leading on this because uh, we, we feel that a professional organization won't be aware of the nuances. So, uh, there's been a lot of letters going out to um, the ministry today on that topic. Uh, so the, the, it does require a wider board, but it, it, my view is it should be fil the filter, the direct link needs to be someone who is connected to Gurdwaras, connected to the bricks and mortars of Gurdwaras. And all too often we find ourselves with um, uh, organizations which don't have bricks and mortars, don't understand the responsibilities of building management, footfall and all of that, uh, leading the way. And that's where things get missed or and problems arise and you end up having to go back and redraft guidance. And one of the things that you have done, Gurpri, is that you have gone one stage ahead and you've actually simulated what it would be like. Um, so you've actually gone through the practice of it and then you can report that back to the task force. I'm afraid I'm going to have to leave it there. I have to say thanks so much, uh, Dr. Uh, Gogan. It's so nice to meet you. And uh, Gurpreet, lovely to have you on again. Uh, we appreciate all your time. We wish you and your members, everyone in the medical industry, um, uh, a safe situation because it's still not safe. And, you know, we are really very thankful for all the hard work you do 
everywhere, not only on the front line, as well as uh, looking after patients that are actually still needing support because we can't forget the ones that still need their support. And um, thanks for leading the way and uh, continue to network and uh, do great things. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you.